previously on Kenya's Blueprint. It got to a time where the company could not pay the farmers and suppliers of goods and services. Hence, some farmers stopped supplying milk to KCC and shifted their deliveries to new private companies and cooperatives. The perfect way to address this is by a question. How does the provision of services by a cooperative society influence the performance of that dairy cooperative? A new dawn in 2002. A new government in place. That December, Kenyans voted in support of the presidential candidate Moi Kibaki from the opposition coalition, NAC. It is apparent that they used two interrelated approaches to buy the company at a cheap price. They used politics and the law. Kenya's Blueprint This is episode 5. In the previous episode, I mentioned that I will be involving a few new voices. As you can tell, this recording is not done at the studio. The background noise is the ever-busy Nairobi city. Armed with microphones and a mixing console amplifier, so much of technical studio jargon, we're going to interview the professor. Have my producer to help me with the setup. Now, I don't know when you are listening to this, but this recording was done at the peak heightened corona period. So I'm skeptical if the professor will agree for a session. I don't know what my producer, who also doubles as the executive producer for this series, thinks. This mission will be successful. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. Um, the good thing is we had made the appointment early. Um, on the other hand, the number of cases uh, have really gone up. Uh, did you watch yesterday's briefing? I kind of calls for caution. Uh, but I, I can't lose hope. I'm quite hopeful that we'll be able to do the interview. That is Dixon. His 15 seconds of fame end there. We're five minutes away. The recording is at the University of Nairobi. No problem at the entrance. We are now at his office door. Good morning, as I engage the professor. My producer sets up the makeshift studio. I believe we are ready. Let us start with his introduction. Okay, um, my name is Karuti Kanyinga. I'm a research professor at the Institute for Development Studies, uh, University of Nairobi, right. uh, where we also teach development uh, studies, uh, and in particular identifying theories of development and how they can be applied to understand the context of development in Kenya, uh, the region and Africa in general. Um, in development studies, what we aim to look for is uh, uh, solutions to, uh, to development, um, um, uh, challenges that uh, the continent faces, and more so identify those solutions um, uh, from what has been done elsewhere, and uh, in addition to looking at the theories that can best inform um, uh, sustainable development efforts uh, uh, in the country. Uh, in addition to that, uh, at IDS, uh, we also have graduate studies where we teach a master's uh, uh, students uh, on uh, how to uh, uh, carry out successive development efforts and also to understand the development challenges so that uh, they can be able to uh, provide solutions to those uh, 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 challenges. We also have a PhD program mm -hmm. um, uh, that attracts people from uh, various parts of the continent. Uh, this is an international PhD program. We have got uh, international students, if I can say that. Uh, it's a very young uh, uh, a PhD program because it's not more than five years old. Mm -hmm. uh, it's again a PhD program by thesis uh, uh, and uh, therefore um, applications are on a rolling out basis. Um, right now we've got over, over 10 PhD students in different stages of their, uh, their studies. Uh, what we encourage most um, from our PhD students uh, is to read widely, and actually not only PhD students, even our master's students. Uh, we like them reading international journals, uh, 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 highly reputed uh, 
uh, publishers, uh, books by highly reputed publishers, um, uh, mixing uh, and trying to expose themselves with uh, other international students from across the world uh, so that they can have a good grasp of uh, development studies. For that reason, uh, we tend to identify opportunities for our, our students uh, where they can interact with other students from across the continent. Uh, for PhD students, uh, we try the best we can to get them courses, either online or even physical uh, courses with other uh, universities uh, from Africa, in Africa, or even in UK, uh, Denmark, Sweden, name it, wherever there are those very good opportunities that our PhD students can uh, have access to. Uh, for our master's students, we also ensure that uh, uh, they have uh, hands-on experience with research projects to know how are research projects uh, designed, uh, how do people interview uh, uh, respondents in the field. In other words, we don't teach from a class basis only. We try as much as possible to ensure that our students get practical uh, uh, experience um, um, by applying class uh, knowledge uh, in day-to-day uh, -day, uh, activities. Uh, going back to your question on uh, why is it that uh, we did the um, inter we identified uh, uh, Kenya cooperative creameries yeah. as um, as a parastato or a public uh, cooperation that we needed to study. Um, uh, at that particular time, uh, quite a number of reasons um, that uh, inspired us to do so. One, that this was uh, a multinational research project involving different other scholars from across the world. Um, and uh, we were calling it the Futures uh, Research Project uh, that was um, uh, coordinated by the uh, uh, Institute for Development Studies, IDS Sussex. Uh, with researchers from different parts of the world and uh, Africa in particular. And uh, in this research project, uh, the, uh, one of the key questions was uh, what prevents African agriculture uh, from performing uh, well um, and how, what can be done to ensure that agricultural sector policies in Africa and elsewhere um, are implemented successfully uh, to the benefit of, uh, for the benefit of the farmers. Uh, well, that was the general question. Um, we uh, sought uh, to understand agricultural sector policies in Kenya and ask ourselves whether we could identify any particular parastato mm. in the country uh, that deals with agriculture uh, to find out uh, specifically whether um, uh, what condition, under what conditions, what uh, uh, some circumstances made this uh, 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 made this uh, agricultural sector perform better uh, than, uh, than than others. What were the key policy issues, choices made? Uh, so, in the process of doing so, in the process of uh, focusing our attention on agricultural sector policies and their implementation in the region, uh, that's when we came uh, across the Kenya Cooperative uh, uh, Creameries mm. and the successes that uh, the government of President Kibaki had made. Mm. So, that gave us a very good opportunity uh, to look at um, how the uh, sector activities uh, were carried out. Um, uh, uh, how the sector activities were carried out, how the policies were carried out, and how they were implemented uh, over time uh, for, 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 for success. Right. Thank you, Professor. So you, you pointed out that there were key policies issues that were there during the Kibaki era. This is 2002. Is the background noise uh, a problem? No, no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So we see 2002, they revive it, we call it a new name, we call it the new KCC, and then along the way we see, we see it have a setback again. What do you think were the main reasons as to why 2002, it did not really fully succeed to its revival? Uh, let, let's uh, pick historical factors uh, uh, first. Mm -hmm. KCC has historical origins in the colonial period. Yes. It was one among other economic institutions ex uh, 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 established to facilitate colonial settler 
farming. Mm. Established during the colonial period, its main purpose was actually to ensure that life in farming for the settlers was very easy mm. and therefore was supported uh, and subsidized heavily by the colonial administration uh, to ensure that actually the, 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 the colonial settlers were happy yeah. uh, because they were always given incentives to ensure that they farm more and uh, uh, have more profits uh, for the benefit of uh, the colonial administration. Mm -hmm. uh, with independence, that relationship between uh, KCC and the new government continued. Now, during the colonial period, of course, the colonial settlers were the preferred, uh, um, uh, preferred, preferred um, uh, farmers. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and the government prioritized uh, over them uh, compared to what the, uh, the government would do uh, to ordinary farmers. Yeah. Uh, in other words, whatever the uh, white settler farmers would want, they would always get it uh, from the government. Yeah. So there was a very organic uh, relationship between the colonial administration and the government. And uh, the that I mean, the, 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 the public economic institutions were serving, that were serving uh, the interest of um, that was having the interest of uh, um, uh, that that was having the interest of uh, the, 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 the 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 colonial uh, 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 settlers. Mm. So, with that re relationship between uh, economic and uh, the government, economic institutions and the government, mm -hmm. one can also read a political relationship. Because yeah. it was a relationship that was economic, but mm. it's an economic relationship that is also driven by certain interests. Mm -hmm. So we find political interests also influencing operations of KCC at that particular time, mm -hmm. and influencing relationship with the influencing relationship with the uh, with the colonial administration between these economic institutions, colonial settlers, and the colonial administration. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of relationship that we see being transferred to the new independent. Mm -hmm. African states. Mm -hmm. So KCC then continues to become an elite farmer organization to begin with, mm -hmm. but starts attracting the interests of smallholder uh, milk farmers when uh, uh, smallholders were allowed uh, uh, to practice dairy farming, right? When they were allowed to practice dairy, dairy farming, now they took on board uh, 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 KCC uh, but they were not as privileged as the old colonial settler farmers. Wow. With that relationship, mm -hmm. with the smallholders now becoming the dominant uh, group within KCC, mm -hmm. they, they became uh, uh, the, mo the, uh, the, the major shareholders um, of uh, this new parastato, mm -hmm. but the government continued to mismanage this parastato during the period of President Daniel Arab Moy. Yes. The mismanagement mm -hmm. was exacerbated mostly by A, mm -hmm. how the Minister of Cooperatives supervised elections of local cooperatives mm -hmm. di directors mm -hmm. and also the KCC directors themselves. Mm -hmm. The government preferred to see loyal the loyalist shareholders. Uh -huh to run KCC so that the interest of the government rather than the interest of the farmers would mm. be managed and would be prioritized. It, there came a time actually where even President Moy's relatives themselves would be fronted to run for offices yeah. in KCC. Mm. And towards the end of Moy's tenure, some of the directors, when KCC was doing very badly, mm -hmm. some of the directors started talking about selling KCC, privatizing KCC mm -hmm. as they were privatizing other parastatos. Mm -hmm. So the parastato privatization process began, mm -hmm. and in the process we see KCC suffering this particular kind of... Uh, uh, suffering this particular kind of... Uh, and disadvantage as, as well, mm -hmm. um, uh, such that uh, instead of the government supporting KCC uh, to perform better, they were eyeing the assets of KCC wherever they were across the country. Yeah. 
and, and in the process, KCC was cannibalized. For sure. By these new directors, by these new elites that uh, had been um, identified uh, through politics to run uh, KCC itself as a, as a, as, as a parastatal. Mm. So by the time Moi was leaving office, KCC was a shell of what it used to be yeah. as a farmer's organization. Mm -hmm. It was no longer standing for the farmer's interest. Mm. And most importantly, it had been ran down to provide support and services to, to the farmers. To the farmers. With the new government elected in 2002, mm -hmm. there was an opportunity to, re to revive economic institutions that were of benefit to farmers. Mm -hmm. There was an opportunity to revive. There was an opportunity to revive. Uh, um, PK, are you done? Yes, I'm done. Oh. Um, there was an opportunity to revive. Uh, um, PK, you can close the door. That, the, that one, you can close the outside one. Yeah. That, no, just banging the door. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was an opportunity to. What was I saying? 2002 uh, comes. Yeah, 2002. Uh, yes. There was an uh, 2002 President mm. Kibaki and the NAC government mm. uh, campaigned on a platform to do the following. Mm. Revive economic institutions, mm -hmm. improve governance, mm. and combine both of them to ensure wealth creation mm -hmm. and employment opportunity generation mm -hmm. and that's when the government came with an economic recovery strategy which was called economic recovery strategy for wealth and employment creation mm -hmm. with this one all when the government won elections mm -hmm. with this one every cabinet minister was given a space to do the best they could in their sectors mm -hmm. in their ministries mm -hmm in order to achieve the objectives of the NAC government. Those in agriculture, like uh, Professor, um, those uh, in agriculture, mm -hmm. began by identifying agricultural opportunities that could be of benefit to farmers. Those in planning, like Anyangyong, provided, got the opportunities now mm -hmm. for uh, improving uh, uh, economic planning processes. Mm -hmm. Uh, others, like uh, 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 the Minister for Cooperatives, uh, who was then called Ingeru Duega, if I'm not wrong, mm -hmm. got an opportunity also to revive cooperatives. Mm -hmm. And because there was a need to ensure that smallholder farmers in various cooperatives got bet better returns for the investments in the cooperatives, mm -hmm. he picked on KTC to say that let's actually the farmers get the benef best benefits. Uh, from Kenya Cooperative Creameries. Mm -hmm. And what they did was to say it was a mistake for the government, previous government, to sell the assets of KCC mm -hmm. and to sell it to new people rather than the shareholders, rather than improve it. And remember, KCC was sold actually to political elites. Yes, that's true. Including President Mo himself. Mm. We see them even trying including to Including relatives of President Mo, including leaders in Kano, very prominent leaders in Kano bought KCC. Mm, mm. So the new government said we shall refund everyone who has ever bought money from KCC. We are refunding their money. Mm. We want KCC to go back to the farmers. To the farmers. And that was a major opportunity to correct the wrongs that the previous government had done mm. by giving KCC back to the farmers. And Professor, we see a short stint where farmers get excited and then all of a sudden we, are go, we go back to the same process again, it's collapsing again. Um, let's, let's look at uh, one big question here. Mm. What were the benefits of the new, what were the benefits of uh, the government revitalizing KCC at that time? Okay. A, it mm. made many, many, many farmers actually start looking at dairy as an alternative cash, uh, 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 as an alternative for uh, other crops that they were farming and mm -hmm. therefore there was vibrancy in KCC and we can say that those farmers were involved in the process mm -hmm. uh, of revitalizing KCC and associating with KCC got benefits at that particular time. Mm -hmm. 
but over time, we have seen also that uh, since then, KCC is not uh, doing very well mm. in pres in, uh, at the present moment. Mm. And uh, this did not begin yesterday. Mm. Uh, it began uh, a, a, a few years back. Um, quite a number of reasons uh, are attributable to this. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, one, we can, of course, uh, um, uh, remember there has been uh, a lot of competition from other private sector players. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, there is Brookside Dairy, there mm. is Kedogori Dairy, there is Molo Milk, uh, mm. name it. Mm. KCC at the time, it was doing very well, uh, even uh, in the 80s and 70s, mm -hmm. and uh, early 90, uh, 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 very early in the 1990s, the market was not liberalized. True. So with the liberalization and the entry of new players, mm. KCC cannot continue dominating, can, can, could not con continue dominating the market as a monopoly. Mm. With the new actors that are run by private entities, KCC started facing very stiff competition. And probably, be probably because it was being managed as a public corporation, mm where decision-making faces bureaucratic handles, where decision-making sometimes is uh, politicized, mm -hmm. where political decisions have got to be made, mm. where there is uh, rigidity rather than flexibility, KCC could not outcompete these private players. Mm. So we see KCC now struggling, in spite of having more assets than these private players, mm -hmm. KCC could not deliver the promises it had made to farmers the, farmers. the way the private sector could uh, deliver to farmers. Because yeah. the private sector players can say that we are going to pay you at the gate. Mm. Mm. Uh, KCC cannot tell you that we shall pay you at the gate because probably the, uh, you need to go pass a decision with the farmers. Mm. Some farmers will refuse. The managing director will refuse. Maybe someone who may want a kickback here, I mean a 10% here. Mm. The private sector will say, well, I'm the owner of my factory. I'm, I'm going to pay you on spot, right? Mm. So decision-making in KCC and decision-making in the private sector players that came into place. Very different. Yeah. Were very different. But let's also not lose sight of the fact that uh, some of the new players were also politically, highly politically connected. True. Um, and therefore, some of the policy uh, uh, restrictions um, uh, 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 in place mm -hmm. maybe did not affect them the way they would affect KCC and any other public corporation. But having said that, mm -hmm. let me say that um, uh, KCC itself had an opportunity to outcompete this ones because it all depends on the kind of management that you put in place mm -hmm. uh, 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 to outcompete the, the private players. And if KCC had put uh, a very strong management uh, uh, procedures uh, and the technical solutions mm -hmm. to their work, mm -hmm. um, because of, even as a public body, you can actually reimagine yourself and re-engineer yourself. It's true. Uh, you cannot continue talking about lack of monopoly, I mean lack of flexibility and uh, uh, lack of support from the government. It's not about lack of support from the government. It's, um, we need to look at it from uh, other challenges that face uh, the parastatus and the fact that uh, we have uh, uh, these other uh, uh, private players uh, in big numbers uh, out competing uh, out competing them. Um, I have not, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have not been able to study KCC in the last two years mm -hmm. uh, to see what challenges it's facing mm -hmm. uh, at present. But those are the political dimensions that I would like to uh, 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 mention about that particular origins and then mismanagement of the prostato uh, uh, at that particular time and the fact that uh, KCC could not uh, uh, face others in a stiffly uh, in a stiff competition all right thank you prof for the time i'll just ask one last question what is the way forward then for this new kcc what do you think they should do we've seen regulations come 2019 we don't know who is being sided with is it the private organization we've seen them face a bit of competition as you said uh, uh, let me say that um, um, in 21st century, um, yeah. uh, if a private, uh, uh, if a public uh, institution, a, a parastato, mm -hmm. is not serving the interest of the farmers, wound it. Let it be wound, sorry, it should be wound up. Mm -hmm. Wind it up. 
Mm-hmm. If it's not serving the interests of the farmers, wind it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, it cannot, KCC cannot continue be, being run uh, um, on subsidy basis. For how long can it continue being subsidized by the government? For what purpose? And the other private players mm-hmm. uh, who can actually provide, uh, whom farmers can provide milk to mm-hmm. and be paid by, 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 by the same, uh, by, 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 get an income from, uh, uh, from their uh, produce, right? Yeah. Um, so the only way, the way out is that KCC, new KCC needs to re-engineer itself, mm-hmm. reinvent itself, become more innovative and start competing mm-hmm. with these other players mm-hmm. in the same manner and start giving the farmers the benefits that they want. Mm-hmm. If they don't, then other, these other pl- private players will fill that void very quickly mm-hmm. and KCC will die a natural death. This is not like in the old days when you would support a parastato uh, because it was provi- its existence um, was providing ma- much more social benefits than uh, uh, than other goods. That mm. uh, you can have a parastato as a public good. Mm-hmm. You can have a parastato as um, uh, because it's serving a, a public interest mm-hmm. uh, more than anything else. Um, uh, if there, if uh, this particular interest of the small-scale farmers and other farmers can be served by these new market players, mm-hmm. so be it. And KCC can wider, right? Yeah. But KCC has got an opportunity also to behave like them. Nothing prevents them from uh, KCC from um, uh, uh, picking up from where it has lost and actually out-competing also these other private uh, private players. It's all a question of ingenuity. It's all a question of uh, how well are you equipped to run fast and mm. uh, out-compete others. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm certain that was an engaging session really grateful for the professor's time. Now we shift gears to our second interview. So the second interview features Mr. Robert Yawe. He is well versed with some of the key brands that have been in existence in Kenya. Truly, I must admit, he's a certified sage. With this convo, we start from the very beginning. Tell us what you think, first and foremost, white settlers come, decide uh, us regular farmers will not be able to touch the market we need to have a safe ground why would they their own benefit right that's what they were thinking why would you do anything for other people's benefit you're in their land well the question is you you had the land and you're doing nothing with it Uh -uh, uh-uh let's agree we we were not we didn't know how to do it so how did they know how to do it? Wamekuja na hizo kutoka kwenye umetoka. Walitoa wapi? See when they came from Europe. No, how did they get it in Europe? Good question. Elaborate. See, the question becomes is that we live in an environment where it's very easy to survive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyone? That's why we are not innovative. We can't be you can't be innovative when your basic needs are sorted out. Now you're dealing with somebody <laughs> who has to spend six to eight months mm-hmm. to produce enough food mm-hmm. to live for 12 months. That's how you become innovative. For us, we talk of temperature variations. Yeah, 16 the- degrees, I see people wearing jackets. 28 degrees, people are crying how hot it is. Have you heard of people going to minus 20 degrees? <laughs> <laughs> no, at minus, if Kenya gets to minus four, half of us are dead. See water to Nagufa. Yes. It's <laughs> so that's, I think, where the question should come in is that, fine, we had this environment, yeah. but we were doing nothing with it. Then when somebody else comes to this space and makes use of it, we suddenly start becoming experts on how it should be ours. But you can see now, considering what the colonialists did at that time, for their benefit, because they had an issue with seasons and... They, they 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 knew how to play us yes because we 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 were so comfortable in our space we didn't know what was going on but we're seeing people now doing the same thing in a way of the dairy products how many do you use so why do you have an issue with somebody who is doing value addition but for their own benefits it should be. but for you you didn't need it are you siding with them I'm not siding. I'm siding with the facts. The facts here are very clear. As one, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found out is most nylots mm-hmm. 
are lactose intolerant. So for many of them, they were able to produce butter mm-hmm. and cheese. Mm-hmm. So where did we lose that skill? Today, we are all obsessed with fresh milk, yet half the population mm. can't really consume fresh milk. That's why you ask yourself, why is it that people of a certain part of the country consume a lot of mala? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, we already did value addition. It's only that we didn't know how to industrialize it. Uh-huh. And even today, the same issue. We only consume the fresh milk. The rest has to get exported. So, we, are, we ourselves are obsessed with doing what you're, say, you're complaining that the white man did. He All exported right. the cheese back home because he didn't think we, ha- we appreciated the value of that cheese, the value of the ghee, the value of the butter. So the same thing happens now. Someone yes. says there's value in this, but we are not. Why did KCC, let me even start from here. Why did KCC fail in the first place? KCC failed because mm-hmm. the people who, were, who took it over from the white man didn't understand what its main objective was. Mm-hmm. Its main objective was what? One, do value addition and long-term shelf life products mm-hmm. so as to reduce the fluctuations that happen with varied production. Okay. So you had powder milk, Mm -hmm. which is basically what you convert the milk to when you've got a glut. Mm -hmm. But we all know what happened in Gidongori at one point. People were pouring. That's true. Why? Because we have an obsession with fresh milk. How do you stop that obsession? You know you're making it sound like we're really... We we left the villages. For me, it's been almost 100 (laughs) years. But then you now tell me I'm thinking still like my grandfather. Okay, okay. Now, to the Nyayo era, I, I think you touched on the Nyayo era. It's the people who took up now during that time, did know, like, they really didn't know what to do with it. And we can see in that era even people being given favors to run these creameries and cooperatives, and it doesn't benefit the farmer. There's no education to the farmer to tell him that this product can add value in different ways. Everyone is coming to benefit. What should have been done different? If we're discussing 1950s, mm-hmm. I'd understand where our literacy levels were at what? 5%, 10%? Yeah. Now, in the Nyayo era, we had 60 to 80% literacy, mm-hmm. which tells me that the fellow who was farming, mm-hmm. the dairy farmer, mm-hmm. was no longer an illiterate person. Was somebody with, even if it at minimum, was a form for education level. True. Now, if that person was still milking a cow, dumping the milk with somebody else, and mm-hmm. expecting to be paid a premium, the problem here is not the creamery. The problem here is a farmer. He's refused to think. But the farmer just knows it from the old ways, how they were So taught. why did we educate him? Why did we spend money taking them to school? Can we say the system of education then was bad? Maybe that's what the problem is. So we should stop discussing who was killing KCC. The problem was that the farmer had refused to evolve. But that, then the cooperatives would have done this. Yeah. But... Who runs the cooperative? Let's ask. It's a cooperative, which means who are the owners? The farmers are the owners. So how do you tell me about management? But management, now Nyayo comes and puts some people in these cooperatives as regulators or people. Then you just just slaughter your cows. Slaughter your cows. Don't you feel like that is too much? How do you slaughter all of them? No, just slaughter them. If, why would you, would you open a chip shop whereby every evening you made a loss. Would you continue operating? No, you wouldn't. What would you do? Of course, shut it down. So why is it that you'll shut down the chips shop, but you do not want to kill the cow, which is bringing you no return? I feel like this is way different. For a season where you are earning from, let's take that example, from this chips shop, and then all of a sudden it's starting to dry up and you don't know what's happening. People are moving probably to other different shops now. You want to study what's the problem, but you find out the person even who is supplying with you for you the, the machines to cut the chips or probably teaching you on what should be done different is not doing the same. I sold you a machine. I think the question is this. Mm-hmm. If you open the chip shop mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and you lose money, mm-hmm. but you find the same number of people showing up as well, showing up before, where do you think the problem is? Is it the fellows who are eating your chips or something in your internal systems? Someone was, I feel like this one is someone was playing you because these people enjoyed your chips and then all of a sudden they moved away. Now they're, they're not eating your chips. So why, why don't you investigate what happened? 
and then ask yourself, am I responsible for the problem that's arisen? Because I deliver milk mm -hmm. to what you're calling the Kenya Cooperative Creameries. Mm -hmm. So if it's a cooperative, which means I'm, a mem I'm an owner. Mm -hmm. So which means I make a decision on who runs the organization. So when I do not take, when I, abandon, when I abdicate my responsibility of selecting the leadership of my cooperative, do I blame the person who's taken control or am I liable myself? All right. We can go ahead. We can go on for hours with this one in the Nyayo era. Let's move to Kibaki. Kibaki comes and is like, yes, I will revive everything. Uh, cooperatives that have been dying or are dead or were sold, out, sold to other people now shall come back. And then nothing much happens. Again, it was a cooperative. Where are the members? The members are not fully represented. How come? Then it's not a cooperative anymore. So in other words, it ceased to be a cooperative. The so members what are still stuck with the old ideas of bring milk, get your money, go home. So in other words, they were not participating in ownership. Mm. They were only participating as suppliers. And the milk prices go up and these guys are not being paid as they should be. Then why deliver? Yeah, well, you're making this sound so like it was easy like it was abc i feel like there was a bit more to it there was the a bit to it was that we refuse to think mm -hmm. then we want somebody else to do the thinking on our behalf and give us the higher return that we believe we should get and i'll ask i'll keep asking people this simple question what's the cost of producing one liter of milk i I, I just know how much they sell it for. So why would you tell me that 32 shillings producer price is low if you don't know what your cost is? Mm. Yeah. So the problem begins with you who doesn't know the cost. If you don't know your cost, then why do you go and complain about the price you're being paid? Well, they, okay. Let me go back to Kibaki era first. This guy looks like he's going to work out something then 07, 08, it goes back to the same slump. We don't know what's happening again. I really want to understand. I know the farmers have a, a role to play, but where did the government get it wrong? The government never got it wrong. It was a political statement. So it was never to benefit us in any way. They were the structure was not there for government to intervene. Again, it was a cooperative. The government still is involved. It's a government-owned no, entity. The government also. is a regulator. They're not managers. Okay. They're regulators. But they are. So if you felt uh -huh. that the people who were running your cooperative were not running it right, mm -hmm. you already had a bylaw which allows you to get rid of them. Okay. So why didn't the farmers get rid of the bad management? They are the owners. It's not a state corporation. Okay. I hear you. Now, private sectors come into play. We have Tuzo, we have all these companies playing in and now they are doing something to benefit farmers and farmers move away. Now what happens to KCC? KCC continues to do what its role was, which was stabilize prices. But they own the creameries. They have ways in which they can turn this uh, milk into powder. So we can't just put them from a regulatory position. They were doing something about the milk also and they still do even now. So, so why aren't the farmers giving them the milk? That's the question I needed to ask. Because now the farmers are moved away from KCC and now they're selling their milk to this other guy. Why are they selling to the other guys? Is it that their price is better? No, because we have the dairy board which sets the producer price of milk. Uh. So it's a control environment. So if the producer price is fixed... So KDB was also a loophole just to benefit? Yes, This whole time, we haven't even talked about the farmer yet. We, have, we, we, we are sure now the faults, the farmer has a, has, has a role to play. Some of the fault was on him also. Most of it was on the farmer. <laughs> it, we need to stop glorifying abdication of responsibility. Mm -hmm. If a father doesn't feed his children, you don't go and blame Unga for, not, for making the price of Unga high. You see, we keep placing the blame in the wrong place. 
That's where the issue is. You're the producer. You're the one producing milk. You know your costs of production. Mm. Yes. If somebody is offering you less than your production price, you don't sell it to him. They'll say, so what do you do with it? Our, our great-grandparents, our ancestors were making butter at home. They had no huge machinery. They understood enzymes. They knew what to get. They would get it off the gut of the goats. Mm -hmm. And that's what they used to coagulate the milk. So this was just a way of life for them. And now you've come and told them, hey, this is some way you can earn something from it. So yeah. so you refuse to move up the value chain, which your great-grandparents had. You move back down the value chain and then complain. You are more educated, you're more exposed, but yet, sad to say, you seem to be a bigger idiot with <laughs> all this level of education. So I think maybe we need to just shut down schools. That's our problem. Revise the system. No, the just area. kill schools. I think that is where our problem started. <laughs> because I look at it and my grandfather, who I think went to class four, mm. is actually a better business, was a better businessman than I'll ever be. And all because I want to do too many things instead of the basic issue of business is what? Mm. You buy for X, you sell for X plus. Mm. If you're buying for X or you're producing for X and selling for less than X, mm. then I think there's a problem. And we see it everywhere. So for me, I think we need to go back and ask the farmer, mm -hmm. what's his objective? What's his cost of production? And once he knows his cost of production, is this business bringing him money? If it is not bringing him money, then let him stop making noise and just change, switch to something else. Coffee farmers did it at one point. They just stopped picking their coffee. Some intercropped it with, with potatoes and maize. Mm, and the bigger chunk now is just turning it into flats and... <laughs> yes, for the ones in, <laughs> on Thika Road and everywhere else. Uh -huh. And, and you see, again, you look at it, because, for example, don't forget, we had a rule, I need to check whether the law still applies, where you can't cut down a coffee tree, yeah. even on your own farm. Mm. Yes. Why was that put there? Uh, they were protecting the product. For who? Uh, is it really for the farmer or for themselves? Thank you. I hear you. Okay. Two last questions. What's the way forward for the farmer? The way forward for the farmer is he needs to understand what, where the, how the value chain looks like for his product. Can the cooperatives go back to them? Can no. They, can for me, they... I think the farmer just needs to walk away. Form your new cooperatives based on people who you share an ideal. That's what the cooperative movement is about. Mm. It's about coming together for the common benefit of all. Mm. If it's not serving the common benefit of all, then you kill it. Mm. And you restructure again with a new, with new friends, with new corporate cooperators, people who are cooperating. Mm -hmm. Yes. How do they get this education now that we see that there's some level to some extent that maybe ninety percent of those farmers are walking around with smartphones which are on four G. Google is free. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so they just need to. You can. You see, we, we need to stop the obsession with fresh milk. Okay. It's too expensive to deal with. We need to move to value addition. Mm -hmm. To get something to churn the milk and convert it to, and produce butter mm. is as cheap as a gourd. Then what we worry about is what new value addition can we do after we've produced the butters, we've produced the cheese and the rest. It's already been termed off. The reason people went for margarine was because somebody wanted to make sure that they controlled a new market. Mm. Yet we all know that butter does not make is not is better for you. Mm. It's an animal fat. It's almost it's basically very close to its natural state. It doesn't give you worse cholesterol and all those all those were lies, which were done to get converters to margarine. 
Margarine natural color is white. Mm. It's colored yellow to deceive you that it's butter. Now if we move back to consuming butter, fine, we'll kill two three companies. Mm. Two three companies are doing margarine will die. But Kenyans will be healthier. Our farmers will get a better return. They'll have a product which has a longer shelf life. Okay, I hear you. So which means you're not rushing to milk the cow at four to take it the milk to the dairy by six. You milk your cow at mm. six o'clock, at eight o'clock. You put it into your pasteurizer if you need to. Mm-hmm. You pasteurize it and then you put in your enzymes and you convert it into a longer life product. And so then they come and just pick up the... Yes, and there's no rush. So I, you can come to, if you come tomorrow and you say you want to pay me X for my butter. Mm. I tell you too low. Go away. I'll wait for you next week or the week after. Why? Because it will not go bad. But with fresh milk if you show up and you know very well I've milked my cow and you tell me it's 20 shillings you could buy it for 20 shillings a kilo. Do you know I don't have a choice. I have to give it to you. True. Because if I don't tomorrow it'll have gone bad. But do you know what bad milk makes? Cheese. And I keep seeing you people running on Tuesdays for pizza. Buy one, get one free. What's the whole topping on that pizza? It's cheese. Do you know where all that cheese comes from? No idea. We are importing most of it out of South Africa <laughs> and Egypt. <laughs> When we have enough to do it here. Yes. You're supposed to be having managu and cheese at home. I hear you. I hear you. Yes. Okay. Government has a role to play. We've seen them constantly trying to resuscitate this big body called mm. KCC and it's failing i mean we've done season one it has failed the second time it has failed what does government need to do which role do they play because we are clear and sure about what the farmers need to do what makes what makes you think the intention was to resuscitate it do you know if i put you in icu i make more money off you than if i give you medication and send you home there's more money to be made so long as KCC remains in a state of suspense. It's in ICU. Yeah, is KCC worth resuscitating? No. We just let we just kill it. We okay. just kill it. What do we do with the assets? What do you want to do with them? We sell them off to somebody who can run them more efficiently. Government fine. KCC is dead. Government will still have a role to play. Where? Agriculture is a devolved function. Ah. So you need 47 KCCs. So we push it now we move it away from the national government now. We already count. have. I don't know what it's still doing at the <laughs> national government. <laughs> we devolved. Do you people realize that we are 80 years into a new constitution? And we, we're still fighting with some parts of it also still. No, which parts? It's straightforward. Agriculture is a devolved function. Mm-hmm. Done. So milk production, milk processing should be a county from a county level. Yes. So why are we still dealing with it at the national level? I hear you. This is interesting to see. And what would the county governments do from their point? Because most of them have read from this script before and probably they think they will come. I mean, I'm saying somewhere just close here in Moranga they're trying to redo the same thing. How should the counties run this? The issue is not the county. Mm. It's the people on the ground. Do they understand what devolution was about? Mm. See, that's what everyone was crying about. Mm. That everything is at the national government. Mm-hmm. So we want to be represented. Mm-hmm. We want control of our lives. Mm-hmm. So we came up with a new constitution which devolved and gave you the power. Now you have the power and you want us to come back again to the national government or to the county government. We are down to the ward. At the ward level, they should be processing their own milk. Yeah, your final remarks. You've just said, let's pull the plug on this thing. We need to stop trying to keep things in life support. We need to learn to accept something is dead. Mm-hmm. If you're brain dead, you're brain dead. But let's just turn off the, the machines. Because mm. they're the ones that are keeping you alive. What's keeping cases here alive is the fact that government can continue to channel money towards it. And all the money, we all know where it goes. <laughs> uh, it's just become another money laundering scheme. Eh? It's a bottomless pit. Mm. So sometimes when you have a bottomless pit, do you know what you do? You get a slab and you put it on top of the pit. 
Don't try and feel it. Don't try and feel it. True. What we keep doing is trying to feel bottomless pits. There's a reason why there's a word called bottomless. Aishi. Ni kama kujaza straw. Yeah. Na maji kutoka juu. And you keep wondering why it's not filling up. And that is KCC. Mm. And we can't cap it from the bottom. Let's just cap it from. It's bottomless. How do you get to the You can't get to the bottom, bottom. so that you can cap it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we well, thank you for your time. Most welcome and start consuming cheese and butter, powdered milk. Powdered milk is ideal for confectionaries. Uh-huh. Yes, start making chocolate, start making uh, what do you mean uh, ice cream, start making powdered milk has very has more uses than fresh milk. There's a space for value addition and it's just that we have decided not to be to think. To think. We have decided not to think tuache kujazana na Nairobi tuko na university nzima ya kufundisha watu kufanya kazi ya kufanya value addition of milk actually not one university of nairobi as a whole department egerton is a full university whose main purpose is supposed to do that those are other bottomless pits we've been giving them public money for all these years what do they have to show for it noted That's. I hear you for sure. So you. problem is that all this education we've acquired we are unable to put it to work. So what use is it? You even said we 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 close the schools. Just close them because <laughs> I think if we send those kids to go and sit with their grandmothers they'll give them knowledge which will allow them to live a better life that giving them education then they all show up in the city to go and live in slums. Then we start complaining about the slums without asking ourselves where do the people in the slums come from? Mm. And where do they go to over Christmas? You know devolution has come and majority are still fighting to be here in this big cities and Why? Because of the same mindset. Mm. Yes. Nirudi mashinani hivyo ndio umesema. Rudi mashinani and you know Kenyatta told us. Mzee kasema rudi mashambani kulima. And then what did people say? Oh, unataka twende mashambani ndio uibe mashamba ya Nairobi. Mashamba ya Nairobi ni shambala mawe. <laughs> yeah, we thank you for your time. <laughs> Most welcome. Yeah. I cannot stress out how grateful I am for the time that you accorded me. Both Professor Karuti Kanyinga and Mr. Robert Yawe. Your insights were really great in the overall completion of this project. Also, additional thanks goes to Kevin Ocheng who handled the production, Dixon Morande the executive producer, Rosemary Atieno and Karuti Kanyinga whose work we made reference from. Byron on additional edits additional voices and supplementary information that we used will be acknowledged in the description box below this is an acute media original